One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. You going to start? Well, that's how we're starting this show. <laughs> Are you going to start? This is the first ever episode of the MMA Fan Podcast. Are you going to start? Well, and that's, <laughs> it. that's it. Oh, f- Bloody hell. Well, no, I just thought... You're well, the professional one. Yeah, but you're the famous one. So I just thought it'd be a good idea if the first verse they heard was yours, not my lispy Essex twang. I thought it'd be oh, good if it just went straight in with a recognisable sake. voice. All right, well, here we go. Episode one, off to a flyer. Um, I'm Blake Harrison. And who are you again? <laughs> I'm Stu Whiffin. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good. So I suppose we should talk a little bit about why the hell we're doing this. Mm, um, mm. So basically, I was a guest on Stu's other podcast, Off the Beaten Track, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about music for a while. And then at the end of the conversation, once we stopped recording, we started randomly just talking about MMA. I don't even remember how we got onto it, but by the end of the Zoom chat, we'd realized we talked longer about MMA than we did about music and, and the, the reason for the chat initially mm. and i just thought it was great because i don't really have any mates that i can talk uh imagine if i just stopped the sentence there i don't have any <laughs> yeah, mates i, I was going to interject but i thought you was in your flow then i was, was going to go full stop <laughs> Wait, i i don't have any mates that i can speak about mma to really right. and, and you don't massively either do you no no i've uh, i've got one and uh, and he's my only MMA mate, but he is currently residing overseas. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we have actually got him on this episode as well. But no, fundamentally, um, we are two lonely men uh, that <laughs> it feels like our paths have kind of come together. And uh, and um, um, yeah, it's just going to be a big MMA kind of like embrace. And we're going to bring you on that journey because we should stress that we are vastly underqualified to oh, talk massively. about MMA. <laughs> we're not journalists. We're not fighters. We've never had fights. We're not coaches. We have nothing to do with the fight game whatsoever. We are armchair amateurs is, is what we are. Yeah. Them annoying blokes you might hear down the pub after a couple of lagers telling you what they thought that fighter should have done. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's us. And we want you to listen to us chat shit about MMA I don't know, for however long this goes on for. We haven't decided yet. 
No, um, but we hope that there will be people guesting on every episode that are way more qualified uh, than ourselves. So That's not going to be hard to find. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to try and get um, as many fighters on as we can and, and ex-fighters, uh, journalists, referees. We're going to kind of reach out to, to lots of people within the MMA community and super fans as well. We're going to get lots of super fans on who's I'm sure you'll recognise from either the TV or the, the music world, etc. Uh, and we're also going to have a very interesting segment on every show, which, which Blake, do you want to explain about that? Yes, that segment will be called Fight or Flight, and we will get on a celebrity or a well-known person that, that has no uh, understanding of MMA. They've never watched an MMA fight before, and we will give them a classic fight to watch, an epic classic fight to watch, and we will then have them on the show, ask them about what their kind of preconceptions of MMA were, then we will talk about this classic fight that they've watched and whether that's changed their opinion on MMA at all. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some great people lined up for that. Uh, MMA virgins, you may call them. And uh, we're going to see whether they are, you know, whether they fight or flight in terms of uh, sticking on the MMA train or, uh, or leaving it behind. And with the big fundamental questions we are going to ask them as well, which we're going to, I guess we're going to ask every guest is what would your fighter name be? And when you make your way to the Octagon, what will be your ring walk song? We need to know these things, you know. These fights can be won and lost on the way to the Octagon. Um, What we should also say is um, give this podcast a little subscribe. That really would help. You know, this is the first episode. So if you can get behind it and give it a subscribe... Um, because it's not necessarily going to be every week. It's going to be sporadic. You know, we're going to try and time in with big events. And then what we'll also do is after that event, Blake and I will then catch up and we will do like a sort of post-fight sort of mini show, right? Yes, yes. So one of of the things that's going to happen on this episode today is we will be looking ahead to UFC 259 Adesanya versus Blahovic. And we'll be kind of breaking that down, making our own little predictions on what we think is going to happen in in the fights on the main card and probably some of the prelims as well. And then in the post show, after the event, we will go over those predictions, like break down. I say break down the fights. Let's be honest. We're not Dan Hardy. We don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) We're going to break down the the idiots version of what we think these fighters maybe could or should have done. But also just talk about how epic the fights hopefully will be. And... um, and, and talking about each other's predictions and where each other went wrong and how, you know, Stu should be bowing down to me because my MMA knowledge is clearly so far superior to his. So I'm going to ask you to subscribe and then um, on every single show, it will just pop up on your listening device and you will also get access to them um, post-fight shows where you will hear just how wrong Blake gets it. Um <laughs> Okay, well, should we talk about today? Oh, before we talk about today's show, just a quick thank you. So big love uh, and thanks to 76, our producer. Um, and obviously, pressure's on him because we recalled these just at the last knockings before the fight actually happened. So he has to turn it around quickly. So thanks to 76 for producing this podcast. What we got coming up today, Blake? Well, first and foremost, we've got Scroobius Pip, super MMA fan. Uh, and we're going to be talking to him about his love of MMA uh, I believe he did a refing course with Mark Goddard as well. We're going to chat to him a little bit about that and some other MMA-based things. Uh, and we will then also be breaking down 259, what we think is going to happen uh, in uh, all those cards, all those fights, sorry, uh, on that main card and maybe the prelims as well. And uh, then we've got special guest in our fight, inaugural fight or flight. 
is uh, my good friend Emily Head, who you may know from uh, The Inbetweeners as Carly D'Amato. Uh, she was also Rebecca White in Emmerdale, and she's going to be in the Syndicate, Series 4 of the Syndicate, coming up. Wonderful. Well, should we, should we just get on with it and introduce Pip? Let's do it. Hi, Pip. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Not bad. Good, mate. Good. Not bad. Um, I mean, before we, we, we get rolling, I mean, I, I guess probably Blake and I are a little bit tired because we have to get up early to watch uh, last night's fights, whereas you're yes. currently overseas, so you get to watch them at a, a sensible time, right? Yeah, I get to just actually have like a full night's sleep afterwards. I've been up, I've been for a run. It's all been, it's all been, been lovely. But it was weird. As soon as I got over here, there was like three events in a row that were on at amazing times in the UK. And it meant I, genuinely two different events. I had to set my alarm for 7am because that was, was when the prelims started. And I'm like, I thought <laughs> I want to be setting my alarm for the middle of the night to watch it. But yeah, to, to get up that early to be, all right, let's have some men punch each other. Great. Uh, that's how I spend most of my weekends, to be fair, because I'll end up like, unless it's like a big pay-per-view, I'll generally end up recording it and then yeah. waking up at like six, creeping downstairs, not to wake the kids up and stuff. And then come about half seven, I can hear some movement upstairs. I'll quickly make some breakfast and take it up to him and be like, there you go, just you stay in bed. Daddy's brought breakfast in bed. Ain't that lovely? Stay here. I'm going downstairs to watch a fight. Yeah. That's the subliminal. <laughs> Genuinely, every time I've been in a relationship where kids have been brought up, I've had to bring up the upcoming fight schedule and kind of explain why it's just not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Pip, there's big plans for 2021. I don't think we can really, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Pip, how did you, I mean, obviously like, we're friends and I've known, you know, you've been a, a, an MMA fan for a long, long time. How did that love of MMA start? Where, whereabouts and, and how? It's, it started in 2001 or 2002 um, because I was working in HMV Lakeside and they used to get the DVDs in. And I remember the they had the DVD for, for Chuck Tito and for Randy Tito. And both of them just front covers. Chuck v. Tito, if you've never... Obviously, I, you know, as you know, I grew up as a, as a, a, a WWE fan and all that. There's yeah. nothing that's going to draw you in more than, than Chuck and Tito on the front cover, just looking like absolute movie villains. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I grabbed them. And I think it was... Was it on Chuck Randy? On whichever one was the first one I watched, the first fight on there was Robbie Lawler against, um, what's his name? Tiki. Um, and Lawler n- knocks him out, then lands a punch that hits the mat that if it had hit Tiki, I swear I would have just watched a murder in my first ever fight. Because <laughs> it's just, you literally see it just skim past his head and the whole cage shakes. I was like, what's this? This is fun. And that was like young 19-year-old Lawler, so he just looked like this this monster as well. So, yeah, as, a, as an introduction, it was it was good. And then from there, every time a new DVD had come out, I'd get it and, and, and watch it as soon as it was released. And then, obviously, you know, you're a, a, a ridiculously successful podcaster in your own right. And I've just seen, you know, over the years, I mean, you've had some pretty impressive fighters and and and, and refs yeah. on, on your podcast yeah. i mean if people are going to go and check out distraction pieces what who can they if they're big fans of mma who can they you're talking to oh i've had dan hardy on 
for two two-parters, I think, because I just I, I love that dude. We really hit it off. I, I always remember I was playing a gig in in Nottingham, and Dan came along, um, and Dan Lassac, like who I was playing with, was like, "Man, like that's the rowdiest I've ever seen you." Because I was literally stage diving constantly. I crowd surfed to, uh, to the bar to do a shot and crowd surf back again, and I was like, "Yeah, I sh- I'm showing off because there was an MMA fight mm-hmm. here. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted to, I, wanted, I wanted to look cool and crazy and wild. Um, so I've had, had Dan on a few times. I've had Rory McDonald on, which was a mad one because he's just the calmest, most normal dude. I tried to like get stuff out of him. I was like, so what, where, like, what do you do when you're not into, like when you're not fighting, what are your outside interests? And he started talking about how much he loves like the stocks and uh yeah, he's and, big into and, bitcoin isn't he and stuff yeah, like that yeah that kind of thing. i was like you don't expect that from an mma fighter but the mark goddard one was one of my favorites because he's i think he's the best ref i think him and and borg are the best refs out there and um yeah he he i went on his his referee and course and that's how i met him because yeah i'm a, a big fan and i'd I've trained a bit and rolled a bit, but not to any level other than improving my knowledge of as a fan. So I, yeah. I decided to go on on Mark's course. He was doing a one day course at the time that was a refing and judging course, um, and it was amazing. He, his, his course now is like a full weekend thing, but yeah, I adored it purely for just understanding more about the sport. All that. That's amazing. I'd, I'd love to do something like that. Was it's, do you now what like having done that course? I know you're saying it's just a day, but does does that kind of change your opinion on refing at all? Or when you're watching it, are you are you like you know how like you get armchair fighters? Are you a bit of an armchair ref? <laughs> are you there watching really the refs am. going? I'd have stepped in there. No way. I, I wouldn't I, have let that I, go any longer. I really am big time. Um, yeah, I'm more critical and also more understanding as well, and more appreciative yeah. of good refing. Um, I, 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 I'm now I've I've lost that kind of bloodlust of being annoyed at an early stoppage. I'd much rather an early yeah. stoppage than... I'd much rather 10 early stoppages than one l- late stoppage. Yeah. You know, but but Herb Dean has to work, so it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but just loads of things, like on the course, just his easy example of the fact that damage isn't a scoring criteria. Um, which, again, you watch a fight, and if someone's beaten yeah. up, you kind of think, oh, yeah, he's done more damage. But the reason he gave was... Um, do you remember Marcus Davis, who, who fought Dan Hardy back in the day? But the, he was called like the Irish hand grenade, I think he was. Um, and he said, example, like you could hit Dan Henderson in the face with a fire extinguisher 10 times and it wouldn't leave a mark. Whereas you could brush past Marcus Davis and he'll swell up and or start bleeding or whatever else. It's like you can't mark on damage because... Yeah. different people just react differently so it's not really a, a scoring criteria and yeah things like that have been great but it's been interesting watching the changing in judging as well there's um a guy called sean sheehan who does a podcast called severe mma and he did a youtube video which is a full breakdown of the current scoring criteria and i couldn't recommend it enough because right. it, it then annoys you watching fights as people are tweeting their results or annoys you with the commentary you were like you got a takedown there that might have secured it like in the scoring criteria a takedown doesn't score at all unless you 
do something with it. Yes, yeah. So if you just take down and hold them, it literally isn't scored in the slightest, which I never knew. I always thought, well, if it's fairly even, he got a takedown. It's like, no. And again, hearing the things like octagon control is I was going to say, yeah. It, it only scores if striking was even, you know, all, all these other things were even. It's not a kind of, it gets thrown in there. There's, there's, there's literally a hierarchy on the scoring and you only go down to the next one if the other ones are even. So, yeah. Is that the same thing with aggression as well? Because you see some fighters on the back foot that are counter-strikers that won't do so much, but then there's a a brute just kind of like marauding forward, but they're getting picked off quite a lot. But someone would say, oh, but they're being the aggressor in the fight. Yeah, it's interesting because although damage isn't scored, impact is. So so impactful, impactful strikes are scored more than non-impactful strikes. It's why it's annoying when they throw up the fight stats because it'll be like, he landed 30 times and and he only landed five times. It's like, yeah, Yeah. but he knocked him down with every one of those five. So it could be a 10-8, yet you only land five and they landed 30 because, as an example, Diaz will land all day long. But, you know, if if they've landed all day long in a round but got dropped three times, then they've lost that round. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, I love all that stuff. And yeah, and the podcast with Mark Goddard was a great one for that because, yeah, I think he's just really good at explaining all of it. And well, well speaking of podcasts and, and MMA podcasts, I mean, you went on Rogan, man. Like, how was that? Yeah, that was interesting. I think I was awful on, on Rogan because I'd listened to, to, to so much Rogan over the years. I kept forgetting I was actually on it. <laughs> so he'd, he'd be chatting away and I'd be like just nodding just, just, just listening because he goes on rants and stuff and just start working remember, out because oh, that's what you're used yeah. to it's like <laughs> exactly. that kind of subliminal thing that's it's hypnotic <laughs> it's gone into your brain you just sat there opposite him and you just start curling <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah but it was yeah it was amazing it was amazing to, to, to chat with Rogan I wanted to get into more MMA chat because I went on after I'd done the course and he was he wanted obviously he chats about that all the time and has fighters on so why would he want to talk to some r- random rapper from England about fighting but there's a few things that uh, that Rogan would say back then which I had learned were slightly inaccurate on the scoring and things like that I was like this is a great time to j- just actually discuss it and debate it but yeah we didn't get there but yeah it's mad it was weird. I could tell when I listened to it a, a few times he was trying to angle the conversation in and he was just yeah. batting it away. Back but, to music, man. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'd like completely understand, about, though. Like, crime stats in the UK and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 he'd, he'd throw some random stuff at me. He's like, because obviously you've not got guns, but knife crime is quite high. Like, what's the kind of p- percentage sp- spread on this? And I'm like, I just want to talk about MMA with. With Joe Rogan, that's quite a lot for him to expect you to know that. Anyway, though, like, yeah, it was weird stuff. You're not like Home Secretary. You're you're a rapper. (laughs) I had had really similar. I think on that same trip, I went round and watched a UFC event round Eddie Bravo's house because uh, we've got some mutual friends, and um, there was an event on, and he was like, "I'll come round." And my mate, I was going with, was was running late and. Jewel, no, I want to watch the first prelim 
I want to watch everything. I, yeah. I, when me and Stu have gone to live events, it's me and him there for at least the first two hours because <laughs> everyone else in the VIP is in the bar getting yeah. free drinks and free food and we're just watching the fights. But So I just went around on my own and I was like, I'm going to get to watch the fights with Eddie Bravo. He's going to break everything down. It's going to be amazing. And he spent... Uh, uh, this was pre the Fight Companion podcasts because he just spent two hours chewing my ear about conspiracy theories. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and about his time DJing in, in strip clubs, barely paying attention to the fights. And I'm watching like, it's amazing, but I'm having to hold a conversation that's completely unrelated with someone I thought <laughs> oh. would be really adding to it. Now everyone's, heard the fight com- now everyone's heard the fight companions. You're like, yeah, that's what Eddie Bravo does. Like you hear him on all of them. He barely references a fight and will just be rambling on. I was like, I experienced that a year or two before they started doing them, so yeah. And you it was then, interesting. I mean, I, I know this, but tell me a little bit more because we've never really discussed it. But you managed to go to Tenth Planet as well and 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 have a have a role, right? Yeah, I went and and and, and rolled at Tenth Planet. Eddie really convinced me to. I was like, look, Eddie, I've I've been training a short amount of time. There's a there's a Gracie Baja in in Rayleigh um, that I used to go to. Um, and what I'd do there was I'd do an hour's pr- private and then join the class. So I'd, 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 I was trying to speed myself up, but I'm also aware that just doing one-on-ones, you're not going to learn properly. You, you need to be moving around a class. How and long I'm did saying, you do that for? I didn't do it for long. I did it like once or twice a week for a good few months, but then I ended up touring and stuff like that. And it's, Yeah, man. It's something that it really feels you can't, Oh, or I felt it was disrespectful to drop in and out of. Right. I felt like a bit of a prick, like not going for three months and then turning up in my full gear, being like, yeah. all right, guys, let's, let's do some BJJ. But what else can you do, though? Because I've been in similar situations where I've, I've been to uh, uh, Shoot Fighters East uh, yeah. years and years ago where I was just basically just training mainly one-on-one with a guy doing more kickboxing than anything. But then you get a job... And like the last thing you can do is get hit in the face for continuity yeah. reasons. And also, it's not nice. Don't get hit in the face. Um, but so you, you can't kind of carry on for that length of time. So you, you kind of have to drop in and out and be that guy, don't you? Yeah, but it's so tough. Like with that Gracie Baja, for example, like <clears throat> Arnold Allen would roll there every now and then. And it's like oh, this wow. guy who's dedicating his life and is becoming yeah. one of the best in the UK. And I'm turning up going... So how does this work? Oh. But, mate, it was worse at 10th, 10th of Planet because I was on Eddie's case. I was like, look, is there a beginner's class? And he's like, come down, Pip. Come down. I'm like, but is it advanced? So he's like, come down, Pip. He wouldn't say anything. And so I turn up and there's just monsters in there. So all friendly, all friendly as anything. Like the, the loveliest guys, um, they really enjoyed referencing my beard because <laughs> Boogeyman was, was rolling there at that point. I don't think he was there th- that day, but the, their guy with the big beard was Boogeyman, who's like BJJ, world champ, all this. Um, so, uh, 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 so I get there, and I've, I've been talked into it, and we do the warm-up, and it's all sorts of embarrassing stuff that I feel a prick doing, but they're all athletes, and it's fine. And then we start rolling, and the first time, like we get taught a, a position, and it was... Um, a, a Japanese necktie. So it's quite a, a, a complex kind of almost um, 
omoplata type variation. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I like we learned it, and then as soon as someone laid on me, I was instantly reminded that I'd I'd broken my ribs about a month before and I've been resting them so it wasn't really as evident I wasn't doing anything physical first person who put their chest on chest I was like oh no I wouldn't tell anyone and I didn't tell anyone so we're doing this like we did the whole class and honestly my mind just couldn't obviously they were miles ahead of me but my mind just couldn't get in it at all so I was just trying to do what I felt they try and stop what I felt they were trying to do like, if yeah. they'd tried to not put me into a, a guillotine, I would have forced my head in there. Because um, <laughs> I was just trying to go against what they're doing. So I did the class. It was good fun. I gradually got the hand of that submission. And then as soon as it was over, I left. Because I was like, I can't tell any of them that I'm recovering from broken ribs. Because it will sound like I'm saying, oh, that's the reason you all beat me. Yeah. So, uh... No, you all beat me because you're monsters and I'm an absolute amateur i'm not i don't even own a white belt yet um but yeah i didn't want to say well you know i'm carrying an injury lads <laughs> <laughs> i had to go easy today but yeah it was amazing it was amazing to, to get in there and again there's people like alan joe ban and just yeah all sorts oh, wow. of proper people training around the whole either on the bjj or over at the bags and that it was yeah i'd love that madness. that's amazing Hi guys, sorry to interrupt, but we're going to pause this chat here because it's time for our section of the show called Fight or Flight, where we get a special guest who's never really watched MMA to watch a classic MMA fight. We talk about their understanding of MMA before watching the fight and if their opinions have changed after watching the fight and then obviously the fight itself. This week, in honour of the UFC 259 headliner, we're watching Israel Adesanya take on Kelvin Gastelum at UFC 236. And if you haven't seen that fight yet, please go and watch it. It is Amazing. Our special guest is one of my best friends. Yep, went there. Emily Head, who played Carly in a little-known sitcom uh, and movie spin-off called uh, The Inbetweeners. Don't know if you've heard of it, but it's won a few awards and broke some box office records. But uh, yeah, it's no big deal. Uh, And she is also Rebecca White in Emmerdale and will soon be Colette in Series 4 of The Syndicate on BBC One. So without further ado, here is the first ever episode of Fight or Flight. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves for Fight of Light! Who's starting? <laughs> it's a great start. No one knows what to say. Okay. Well, that's, that's how, how we started. That's exactly, that's exactly how, we how we started. You can tell we're pros. <laughs> we know what we're doing. Uh, Emily, how's it going? I've, I've never hey. met Emily. You're, you're mates. <laughs> how are you going, Em? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Oh, good. I'm really excited to see you. It's been yeah, like... Yeah, too. It's been... Oh, oh, well, definitely over a year. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, this is nice. <sighs> Thanks for being our first guest. No worries. Thanks for having me. Well, I can't wait to kind of find out what you, you make of this fight. Mm. And I've rewatched it today. Have you watched it recently again, I watched again, it Blake? yesterday in preparation for this because I'm such a pro, you know. And uh, it's such a good fight. But I, I want to end. What's like, what, did you have any kind of like understanding or conception of what MMA was before watching this fight? 
Or what, what, what was that? What, what, what was your idea of MMA before watching the fight? I didn't, I didn't know masses about MMA, to be honest. Like, obviously, I knew people fought each other. Um, I met someone in LA once who was an MMA fighter. And I was like, so what was the deal with MMA? And he was like, it's like boxing, but there are no rules. And I was like, okay, I'm <laughs> that's, sure that's not true. That's, that's, it's not true. <laughs> sure who did you meet? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> name and, name and shame. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't saying that he was a professional MMA fighter, but that was his goal. Um, but yeah, that was his thing, was that there were no rules. Well, I hope MMA, he learns that there are he rules, because that he's not going to do well <laughs> in his career. If he's just kicking people in the groin and poking people in the <laughs> yeah. eyes, he's not going to do very well. No, quite. Um, so yeah, so that, my understanding of it was, um, was an incorrect understanding, clearly. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know anything about it. I found out yesterday when I watched the fight um, that... And correct me if I'm wrong here as well, but that um, with MMA, it's not like it's mixed martial arts, but it's not that everyone learns the same mixed martial arts. It's like you can come from different backgrounds and yes, do whatever you yeah, like, yeah. Well, not do whatever you like. But the, the sport, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Stu, it, it started off with it kind of being like a weird experiment of like you've got the boxer fighting the jujitsu guy and the wrestler fighting the taekwondo guy and stuff like that, and then over the years. MMA has kind of evolved into this sport where the the top people in the sport know everything. They can be a specialist in one, but if they don't have kind of all the facets to their game, they're probably not going to make it to that elite level. So it is now very much everything kind of combined. It's just you'll get people that specialize more on one side of things than the other. Especially a lot of the American fighters, where, whereas obviously, you know, we're playing football and rugby at, at the school. A lot of them are wrestling at college and stuff like that. So they, and what we're also seeing a lot of now is kind of people from like things like American football are now sort of transitioning yeah. and, and are kind of getting pulled into the excitement of, of you know, the explosion in, in MMA and, and, and UFC particularly. So we're finding some of the, the heavyweight contenders are all kind of former. American football players now, so it's it's definitely. But what you say about um, the, the the guy you met when you was in the states, um, saying there is no rules. What Blake was saying, like kind of in the early days, where it would have been the boxer versus like the the wrestler or the karate guy. It did feel like there was a lot less rules then. It was kind of fine. Then it's you know there was there's one fight. I can't even think who it is, but there's one guy's in like a karate gi, like a gi. And the other guy's got like wearing a pair of shorts and one boxing glove. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's uh, it's quite a strange thing. So the sport has evolved to kind of get us to where we are now, and to kind of reiterate, I guess what Blake was saying as well is now you're finding that that, that the younger fighters that are coming up are now more mixed martial artists. They're kind of a very sort of equal kind of spread of of, of, of multiple combat sports. Hmm. Okay. Well, what did you make of the fight? Okay, so, um, I mean, it's it, there's no denying they're both incredible fighters um, with different um, strengths to each other, which made it very interesting. I mean, Adesanya's um, height um, obviously gives him an advantage in, like, he's able to keep uh, Gastelum away. The height um, difference is hilarious when they first square up. It's amazing. <laughs> I think Gastelum's about 5'8". And Adesanya's okay. about 6'4". It is the weirdest, like, matchup. Considering how brilliant the fight is, yeah. when you first see that, you're like, what's going on? This is like two guys <laughs> squaring up down the pub. There's no... They can't be the same weight class and have that much height difference. 
It, no. I, I loved seeing them face off. It was brilliant. <laughs> but for me, like, okay, so the way I felt about it and the way I feel about kind of any kind of fighting is that in the first round is really boring because nothing happens because they're both like trying to figure each other out and like sort of see what they're going to do. And then it just gets progressively more distressing. Um, and <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and then by the final round, I'm just, I'm watching it between, um, from behind my hands, um, which I think it's an impressive fight. It is an, it is an incredible fight. Um, but yeah, I think for me, that's just the way I, but I don't think it's an unnatural feeling. I think that if you watch that fight with two people down the pub, everyone around you would be, you might have that one guy in the corner being like, yeah, amazing. Oh my God, can't believe this is happening. But everyone else would be like, this is quite distressing to watch actually. Most people um, would be watching it through their phones, to be fair. Yeah, so they yeah, feel true, like they were true. watching like a movie or something. because they just yeah, have their phones true. out recording it. Um, but yeah, I just, it's just that bit at the end at the end of every fight where you can clearly see that one guy is like, he needs it to end yeah. and it doesn't, it just doesn't end until, I mean, it does obviously, but like I was expecting the referee to come in and call it. I think and it didn't happen. I think I did too. I, I, I think, right? I think towards the end, I, I, about maybe 10, 15 seconds, maybe before the end, I was expecting the ref to, the ref to wave it off. Gastelum looked, looked like he was done. Yeah, yeah. When when um... I think that the 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 the, uh, the commentators were actually saying yeah. stop the fight. Yeah, if yeah I they that, But then they don't. They don't. Well, no. Do you know what? It's it's such a weird thing with MMA because there'll be some fights where they'll say the stoppage was too early, and the person who's sure the person who's lost will be up, like having a bit of a go at the ref, being like, "What the hell are you doing?" Because uh, and the. And uh, it, it did feel like a slightly late stoppage to me. However, from the ref's point of view, I think there's always that thing of this is the fifth round. Going into that fifth round, it's 2-2. Two, two. And, yeah. and you never know how... Or, or, but again, some judges, the judging in MMA can be all over the place. So you could have had that round with Gastelum going in 3-1. It, it would have been possible. Um, and... If he stops that fight with 10 seconds to go and Gastelum is still moving and then you looked at the scorecards and say Gastelum was ahead on the scorecards, that's his whole life could have changed from winning that belt, the money they get, the sponsorships, oh. being a champion. They've achieved like a life goal, being a champion. And to have that taken away from you with 10 seconds left in the round or whatever it is or 10 seconds left in the fight, that would be such a big blow and it's such a big call for the refs. And I think that that is really, really tricky. But but we do regularly see fights. There was one only the other week. I think it was Olinic, uh, Stu, where I was watching it going, mm. stop the fight. And the, the fighter seems to look at the ref and go, why aren't you stopping this? <laughs> and then goes back to covering up. The guy hits him a few more times and then the ref does stop it. You're like, what? right. what's happening? But... Um, but <laughs> But it's also worked as well, where sometimes like the fighter is on top of a fighter, like raining down lots of grounding and pounding, and sometimes the, the, the guy that's throwing the shots will stop and look yeah. at the ref as if to say, right. seriously, like, what more do you want me to do to this guy? Like, it's, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, just out of interest, who did you want to win? Oh, um, I wanted uh, Adesanya to win because um, when I found out that he had 16 wins and zero losses, I was like, it'd be really sad to watch him lose. <laughs> um, that's genuinely how I thought about it. That'd be a shame. Oh, it'd be really sad. That little that zero one. looks so oh. nice. I love that little zero. <laughs> Keep the little zero. Well, just to give you a little bit of context on Calvin as well, um, he he got into the UFC. They do a thing called the Ultimate Fighter, where it's like a, a kind of reality TV show where they get like sort of, I don't know twenty fighters and they put them in a big house together and one by one they all fight each other. But in the first episode, they're all kind, no one knows who any of these fighters are. They put them in this house and then they split them, and the two captains pick. And he was the last oh, no. one. No one Where? wanted him. Now I'm sad for him. <laughs> no, but it was brilliant. If I'd known that before, I wouldn't have watched it. I'd have been too sad. No, but he, but he ended up winning the whole thing, which, was, oh, which was amazing. It was a proper like, underdog story. It was really great. I like that. Okay. Um, well, one of the other things, uh, I mean, before we get on to uh, a few other things that, that, that Blake and I are, are interested to ask you, have you ever been in a fight or flight scenario? No, I don't think. No, I don't think so. I'd know, right? <laughs> no, I don't you think probably, anyone's ever yeah, really tried to fight know. me. Well, in, in, in which case, then, say you was to find yourself walking out to the octagon <laughs> to fight someone. Yeah. Right. Okay. There's two, there's two things where you can win this fight before you've even thrown a shot. Right. You can you can get into their heads. Right. So. I want to know what your fight name's going to be, and I want to know what your walkout song's right. going to be. Okay. Um, so, um, my fight name would be. I've thought about this, um, and I am not happy with any of my choices. Um, but the one that I landed on um, was uh, Emily the Headache Head. That's, what I decided. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> Love it. Um, And my walkout song would be Oops Upside Your Head. Oh, perfect. Oh, I'm loving that. That's excellent. (laughs) So there we go. Have you got... Was there a shortlist, though, for names? What what, what else was in the running? What else was on there? Um, There was... Oh, um, I liked it just because it was a fun pun. Um, Emily Head Zeppelin, but not very... um, good. Good. (laughs) Um, What else did I have? Um, Oh, uh, my boyfriend wanted me to be Emily Never Deadhead or (laughs) Emily... I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on the podcast, but uh, Emily the Shithead, which I don't know how to feel about that. (laughs) Love it. Oh, that's brilliant. So, uh, yeah, they were, they were on the list. Well, I guess that, the, the, you know, the, the, the final thing that we need to know is, would you watch another fight? I think I would. Like, I would, and I'd maybe turn it off before someone won. Like, because I, I do find, <laughs> but I find it really impressive. Like, the second round where um, Adesanya had that, spinning back elbow oh, that thing. was great what a was shot amazing that was amazing um so for that i i think i'd probably watch something else but yeah that bit at the end where they just don't know where they are and they're dazed and confused and they're falling over just because they're still standing upright um i felt the same my boyfriend is really into boxing and uh we watched the joshua klitschko fight together and i felt the same then when klitschko just was 
yeah. blank behind the eyes is quite difficult to to see another human be like that. Like in any other sport, injury is like that's that's a bad time. That's the end of the day. Um, but in in any kind of fighting, it's the goal. Yeah, no, seems hard. I I, I do understand where you're coming from and sometimes I, f- I find it difficult and I want fights to be stopped and you're always concerned about person at the end but I think my the overriding emotion or the overriding thing in my head is I'm just so impressed with mm. what they're doing and, I, and I, I just need to see more of it I'm kind of addicted to seeing these guys just put on these amazing performances I mean even Gastelum at the I think it was in the fifth round at the end I think he got dropped and stood up into a single leg. And I was like, yeah. what are you going for a take down? You've just been dropped. <laughs> take a break. Just calm down. But it was, it was just, I'm just so impressed by it. And the other thing that I truly love about, about MMA is the massive respect at the end. Like at the yeah. end, they were both on the floor and it's only brief. You see it really briefly, but it's like they both put their heads together. They're like nuzzling lions. It's like, they're just like, it's, you know, it's, it's nice. It's lovely to see. Um, but I, I always love that. I love when the fighters come together, just have that so much respect and a smiling and hugging and knowing they've put on this amazing performance. They've done the best they could ever do. They, they, you know, they take nothing away from them. They've done the best they could ever do and they've just left it all in there and they're just like, this is, we're both a part of history now as well in terms of MMA and stuff. And I love that. And... Also, though, at the end, I don't know if you noticed this, if you watched it right up until the end. When Adesanya is announced the winner, spoiler alert to anyone that hasn't noticed, uh, uh, it's <laughs> then his family all come in the cage. Yeah. And Gastelum's like really brilliantly like saying hi to them. And I didn't, no, see, I didn't see any of his family in there. So it's like, imagine being the bouncer on that cage. You're like, did your son win? <laughs> no, well, then you can't come in. <laughs> You're not allowed in, mate. So, oh, my boy's just done a five-round fight. His, his lips all busted up, and he's and now he's lost. He just needs a hug from his mum. Nah, sorry, he can't come in. He didn't win. And Adesanya's oh, there with all his family, just having a nice time. It's like, oh, I really felt for him then. I was like, how can you not let his family yeah, in? Yeah, that's there? horrible. That was awful. That really rubbed salt in the wound, didn't it? <laughs> You've just been smashed around for five rounds and now you can't hug your family until you get outside and the cameras are off. Oh, God, that's horrible. It was rubbish. But, um, yeah. I, I get really, like, annoyed if when, like, the fight finishes and, and sometimes not all fights instantly embrace, if it's, like, goes to the, the decision, a lot of the time they'll both raise their hands and sort of walk separate ways um, uh, uh, until the decision's made, then they'll kind of, you know, do the acknowledgement. But sometimes, like, they, they'll kind of, the ref will split them and then the camera will cut to a break or something like that. And I just, I want to see yeah. that embrace. It's it's really weird. I just want to know yeah. they're still yeah. mates. <laughs> there, there's respect there. I need to, I need that closure. I can't handle the fact that, like, they might not have spoke to each other afterwards. Like you say, seeing, like, you know, Calvin just, like, <laughs> just literally walking along like he was at a wedding, acknowledging every single one oh, about his son's man. family. <laughs> just but it's that kind of like resp- I, I don't. I have to hold my, t- my hands up and say I don't watch a huge amount of boxing. But the, what I, I I imagine that there's more kind of because of the martial arts background of MMA, there's more respect and honor and integrity and all that at the end of those fights. And I might be massively speaking out of turn there. There might be boxing fans calling me an idiot i don't know what i'm talking about which is fair because i don't know what i'm talking about 
But uh, this, I, I just love the the embrace. And even when they're talking trash to each other beforehand, they're on Twitter slagging each other off and all this kind of stuff, trying to hype the fight up. And then at the end of it, especially when they've had a war that could have gone either way up until the very end and all that stuff, and they, there's just that embrace and there's there's something that those two people I feel share between each other that that no one else can touch or know about or it's it's very unique to them and their relationship and may they may never speak again for the majority of their lives but they've shared this one amazing moment and i'm sure that if they saw each other across the room their eyes would meet and they just give a little yeah yeah we know man yeah (laughs) You pulled a sexy face then. What was that all about? This is just a podcast. (laughs) I did not pull a sexy face. I love MMA, but I'm not aroused by it. Emily, did he try and smolder when he said that? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what my my smolder face is then, because I I don't know what face my wife is getting. I was going to say, you'll have to get her on, ask her. Yeah. Is this my smouldering face or is it not? Yeah. Well, it's weird that you, you mentioned that because I, um, when we were sort of talking about doing this uh, this section within the show, I said to my wife, I said, like, because she, she won't watch MMA. She doesn't like it. Uh, and I said, like, what, what don't you like about it? And she went, um, well, I don't wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> what? And she was like, yeah, or all that many clothes. And I was like... No, but you could see that might get in the way. And she was like, yeah, but I just worry that, like, they might bend their toes back if they're not wearing shoes. And so yeah. fair enough, I mean, it's not for everyone. But of their problems if they bend their toes a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific, but she's oh, got her reasons. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, before we... Um, wrap this segment up. Emily, what, what are you up to now? What's coming up? Uh, I have um, a series coming out that I'm in. Uh, I'm going to be in the syndicate on BBC One coming this spring. Series four um, of the K melodrama. And will you be fighting people in that? Is that... You, yeah, no, yeah. I'm grooming dogs in it. <laughs> Do you fight the dogs? I'm a Geordie... Uh, <laughs> that's a very different, very dark drama. It's a very dark drama. Yeah. I thought, hey, look... It, Things happen. BBC have to step it up, you know. They're up against Netflix and stuff. There might be these kind of shows. Who knows? You never know. You there's know. No, no rules. There's no, no rules, rules in dog grooming. There there's no, no rules. <laughs> Except for fish hooking. You can't fish hook uh, the dogs. That's, that's against us too much. But we do wear shoes, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, your wife will love it, Stu. They're wearing shoes all the time. she oh, will be all over that. Wonderful. <laughs> Oh, Emily, thank no you so worries. much. Thank you so much for having me. Should we have a little look at this weekend's card? Because it's, it's pretty tasty, right? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's, I think I was, I was looking at it yesterday, and there's s- seven ranked fighters on there before we get to the main card. Oh, my God. And there's f- f- 15 ranked fighters overall. F- four champions. <laughs> it's absolute madness. Dom Cruz on the prelims, but yeah, Dom Cruz on the prelims is mental. I can't believe that. How I think what we should do is start from the top and go straight for Adesanya Blahovic. What are we? What are we thinking? It's going to be mad, isn't it? It's th- going to be mad. 
I think it's going to be great. I, I'm, I reckon, here's, here's what I think. Adesanya, as far as I'm aware, has, I don't know if it was K1 or Glory, I think it was K1, but I think he's kickboxed at light heavyweight and actually at heavyweight. I'm not sure yeah, what yeah. the um, caliber of people he was fighting was like, but I'm thinking he's probably met a few Jan Blahoviches. I don't yeah. think Blahovich is a good enough wrestler to take Adesanya down. His takedown defense is too good. So this is going to be a striking match in my eyes. Yeah. And Adesanya's fought people like him. How many Adesanya's has Blahovich fought? Probably not that many, if any. So yeah. that I'm leaning, even though he's going up in weight, to Adesanya. But the caveat to that is the Polish power is no joke. That's, or, I mean, or, or ask or Luke it. Rockhold. <laughs> I, I completely agree that the wise money is on Adesanya, but I think in Jan's last probably five or six fights, I would have be, be, bet against him. Yep. He's been the yeah. underdog for so long, and he just keeps yeah. doing it. In his last one, I picked him purely on that reason. Deep yeah. down, I didn't think he was going to win, but I was like, look, I've picked against him every time, and he's just <laughs> smashing people, so I'll pick him. And then he won, and I looked as if I kind of knew something it's like no but he's yeah he's tough he's got that power but i can completely agree adesanya he's has, has beaten people who are better already yeah. um and even if he is moving up he's probably got height and reach on him right he'll definitely have reach on him i think possibly i'm not 100 percent sure but you would imagine so yeah. i mean we were talking yeah. about um We've obviously just had the chat with Emily about uh, the Kelvin Gastelum Adesanya fight. I mean, it's not going to be yeah. that bad, but God, the height difference there. Just, I couldn't not laugh at the Gastelum squaring up to Adesanya. It's, I thought it's it was so more, funny. More than anything, it's the ability to use range. And Adesanya is yes. one of them who's got that. Cyril Garn, who fought, as we recalled this yeah. last night, is one of the other few who can use his range and his distance. Um, and it is so, so rare. Like, you, you look at heavyweight... You look at someone like Stefan Struve, who had reach on absolutely yeah. everyone, but he couldn't use it. He'd get knocked no. out by people who've got literally half the reach of him, a, a Roy Nelson yeah. or a, a Mark Hunt or, or whomever else. But Adesanya, Garn, are people who can use that reach, and that makes a difference, man. It makes it so much more of a difference. Again, to compare to last night, like Garn didn't have that much of a height advantage over Rosenstruck and not that much of a reach advantage, but he felt so much taller and so much rangier because of his ability to use it rather than the actual physical stats that were on paper. It's got to be the footwork as well, right? Because especially yeah. if you, you, when you talk about Garn and Rosenstruck, Rosenstruck seems so flat-footed in, in comparison to Garn. And yeah. I don't think there'll be that much of a discrepancy between Adesanya and Blahovic, but there's definitely going to be much more lighter, faster footwork from Adesanya than what there would be Blahovic. Hundred I mean, percent. And the, and go on, Sue. I've just pulled up like some of the scalps that um, that Blahovic has, has has taken recently, and when you start looking, he's no joke, mate. Like yeah. you know, Reyes, Anderson, Souza, Luke Rockhold. You know, obviously he he had his loss to. Um, Santos um, obviously beat uh, Krylov, who we saw last night as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're legit. You know, it's uh, I, 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 I'd be interested. I think you know Israel has obviously got quite a, a unique style, um, and I'm just yeah, I'm just really interested to see how much that style is 
if there's any kind of if it slows it at all uh, 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 a bigger way. I'd be interested to see you know what he looks like on the scales. I don't think I he's think... put on that much weight. I think you look at John Jones going up to heavyweight. He's clearly putting on a lot of bulk. Yeah. I think Adesanya's just not cutting, and I think yeah. he's going to move think... like he normally would. I think you're right, and I think it's, again, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm bringing up last night constantly, but another thing Adesanya and Garn do br- brilliantly is feints. Um, and again, it's yeah. really rare in MMA, it, it, it feels like. It feels like there's a lot of people who do feints that look like feints, but Garn and Adesanya are, are, one of the f- are two of the few that do feints that l- look like they're going to throw. And someone like Blakovic, who's such a powerful striker and wings them in kind of thing like like really throws it feels like Adesanya will be able to pull those out of him with his movement and and his unusual angles as well he strikes from unusual yeah. angles so I think yeah it, on paper it feels like it's Adesanya all day but as you say that Polish power it's it's always yeah. there so who who have you actually got then Stu I don't think you've made an official prediction <sighs> I'm gonna say easy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you just copying me because you don't want to get torn to pieces on the post show? Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> that is the only reason. Um. I just yeah. Like you say, it's you can't write off that power, but I just think Izzy's style is just very hard to to replicate. If you know, inspiring partners. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's 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 a tricky one, but yeah, I think the smart money is on Izzy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's heart, it's heart and head, isn't it? Though, because again, if 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 Izzy wins, you've got this John Jones beef. You've got so much more there. Izzy is that yeah. kind of fighter who's the glamorous him with two belts. Mm-hmm. He'll yeah. be getting so much press. He'll be doing so much good, you know, entertaining st- stuff. He will be a superstar. If Jan wins, everyone will be like, "Oh wow, he did good." Yeah, but yeah. It, 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 you know, it won't be a, it won't a. Be a, a go on. Uh, I, I can't see Yan going on to s- superstardom as such. It feels like no. he'd be a spoiler in the event rather but, than. But I would never have picked him against Reyes. Obviously, like yeah. Reyes had just come off of a momentous effort, and you'd never have thought in a million years that that, that Blakovic would have beaten him. And you know, fair play. What you've got, to, what you've got to wonder as well, though, is how often he wins because people underestimate him. Because yeah. he's yeah. he's not one of those big names, and he's not un, unbeatable either. He's he's had losses, so I think people may underestimate him at times. Whereas someone like Izzy is always thinking of how can I take this to the next level. So yeah. it feels like he won't train less or anything because of underestimating. If he underestimates him, he'll be thinking, "Oh, I'm going to go in there and do something absolutely amazing," <clears throat> and then the downside will be he he just gets the win. But yeah. I mean, the other interesting thing about the Blahovic stuff is is the mentality change because I, I haven't got his record in front of me or anything, but I think he lost to Corey Anderson and maybe Jimmy Manuer as well. I'm not 100 percent sure, and then went on to beat them mm. uh, like a, a couple of years later or whatever it might yeah. have been. And you think that's a that's huge. If he's he clawed back two defeats, people keep underestimating him. He's never the favourite. And now, over the last kind of like three, four years, whatever it's been, he's just winning and winning and I finding love, a way and finding a way. I love those fighters, though. Like, uh, uh, 
a Bobby Knuckles, Whitaker, like just yeah. anyone like that who's had this career where they're middling and then they figure it out and then just yeah. just sail because they've tasted defeat, they've tasted, they've felt what it's like to be in a really horrible position in there. Um, and again, you can argue that Izzy has felt that with 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 Kelvin, like that was a tough fight, that yeah. was a, a battle, but still, you know. Ablakovich has got that more experience of the ups and the downs, so potentially. Yeah. And he's not an easy one to, to put out either. It's not like he's... No. And Izzy isn't necessarily a power guy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Like no. he, he's, he's an accumulation guy. He'll build up more and more and more and more strikes and then maybe put you down. But it's not like he's a one-punch type. No, but yet he has got that thing of just it's not a, it's not the power, is it? It's that precision thing or whatever it is. Because mm. you look at that that Whitaker one where he was it the first round he put him down, it was nearly over, and then in the second yeah. round he actually did knock him out. And yeah, then yeah. Paolo Costa, who's an absolute beast who looks like a light heavyweight, he knocks him out in the second round. So he, he's he doesn't look like he's got knockout power at all, but he can put big guys away. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just amazing at. If he finds his range early, yeah, he's amazing at hitting that target, hitting that target, and then when he's hit it enough times, dropping an absolute bomb on that target. Like when he knows exactly where that target is, it's like now I'm throwing an elbow in, a knee in, or whatever else, and yeah, it's good night. I suppose the only other thing to, I mean, is what happens to the divisions if Izzy wins, though? Because if Izzy wins. He's going to be trying to get John Jones down to light heavyweight, and John Jones has been bulking up. The middleweight division's then in a bit of a weird limbo. I know we've got Whitaker, Costa coming up later yep. in the year. Yep. And the light heavyweight division, like Glover to share, deserves a title shot, doesn't he? I mean, this yep. it feels really fair. Yep. So, in terms of kind of fairness, which is never really that apparent in MMA all the time, uh, you've got 
situation where if Jan wins, it feels like everything will be right. If Whitaker beats Costa, he'll fight Adesanya again. There'll be other ones. Middleweight's a really great division. And if Jan wins, Glover gets his title shot. But if Izzy wins, everything kind of gets thrown into a bit of a disarray. Maybe things stall. I don't know. You see, I don't know. Because I think, because of what you said earlier, that I don't think he's bulking up. I think he can jump between middleweight and, and light heavyweight. And I think Izzy raises both divisions. Cause, cause, That's an interesting thing. Because when thing. it comes to kind of superstar type status, he's easily the biggest in middleweight. Now he's fighting a light heavyweight, easily the, the biggest there. Now Jones has gone. If you think of yeah. a pay-per-view of Glover against Yarn, it will do a fraction of what Glover yeah. against Izzy would do. Um and yeah, I think I, th- I think he's he's cleaned out middleweight enough to only have to c- to fight there like once a year, r- yeah. Really, because everyone everyone who's in title contention is beaten, so it's fair to say they need to to get a couple of wins to get back yep. to me. So I think it's a re- normally I'd completely agree. I think when Connor held up divisions and all sorts of things, it's tough though because it also builds superstars because there is that yeah. scramble to get to that person. It builds other people in the division. Like you look at the divisions that Connor held up, and they're the two best divisions in the UFC at the moment. And I think that's because yeah. there was fighters not being rushed into a title shot and not being. I mean, as we'll talk about in in the next fight, people who are getting a title shot off one win because they've got no one else to go up against this dominant champion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think if Izzy wins, because I don't think Jones is coming back quickly. If Jones is doing all this bulking up, I think he wants to go and win the belt at heavyweight or whatever else. And then, you know, we've also got the fact that Jones needs to get home from a title win without getting arrested or <laughs> put in prison or whatever else. So Some picograms here things, and there. Yeah, there's a lot of things to, to, to write off the John Jones fight. So I think there's loads of time that Izzy could have to go, I'm going to be a dominant two-weight champion. And... Because as you say, he's one of the first who hasn't seemed to make a massive change to go up. Like when Cormier went up, it was clear it's like he doesn't have to cut weight anymore. It's going to be hard to go back down to get there. And there's all all of them, it feels tough. Whereas Izzy feels like he could be the one that, because of his frame, he could tear up light heavyweights with his speed and range without putting on too much weight. So yeah. Well, should we talk about the next fight on the card? Yeah. I think this might be a shorter discussion. (laughs) No disrespect. (laughs) But, I mean, it's what you just said, Pip. I mean, Nunes is just too good. It's a bit like DJ back in the day. It's just like she's just, maybe even more so. But she's, I just, I mean, Megan Anderson, she's got, Probably one of the more interesting stoppages by toenail to the eye against yep. Kat Zingano, <laughs> which, which yeah. was, that's one to stick on the resume. Other than that, I mean, didn't she get held down quite easily by Holly Holm? And Holly Holm yeah. is, a, is predominantly, a, but I know she's a well-rounded mixed martial artist now, but if, if, if Holly Holm can hold you down for a few rounds, what's yeah. Nunes going to do to you? I think, I think the it's mistake, the easiest win on the card, isn't it? Yeah, I think the mistake they made with Megan was thinking this is WWE and they can control results. If they'd just slung her straight in a title shot, because she was amazing in Invicta and she was a champ, 
and I think she had more value coming in as a champ. Yeah. A, a, a genuine featherweight as well. Again, a lot of the women that Amanda has fought have been smaller and have, have gone up a weight because there's not many people in that weight class. So if they'd brought Megan in as this, someone who's actually the same size, who's got reach, who's a champion, it would have been more valuable. But she's something like three and two in the UFC now. Mm. And I said, as you say, yeah. one of those wins is because your toe now cut the eye of the of your opponent. And I think she, she was on a two-fight losing streak and then won one fight and is in in the title slot. So, she, yeah. She recently, uh, her last fight, she uh, she got first round stoppage against Viana. Um, she also uh, her first a... stoppage in the UFC as well, other than the toenail one. Yeah, fam. <laughs> uh... Other than the toenail, <laughs> and she lost in the fight previous to that uh, to to Spencer, uh, and then I think before that, I think she beat um, she beat uh, Katzingano. Uh, and then uh, previous to that was, now. Yeah. But, <laughs> was the uh, <laughs> was the loss to Holly. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, it's man. not a great record, is it? It's not that exciting. And I do, I do think she presents interesting things to Amanda. I do think she's got that size and that frame again, <clears throat> similar to the Izzy thing. She's naturally long, with big long arms, but. It's been exposed already that it's a big step up into this into the UFC, and everyone else in the UFC has a big step up to Amanda Nunes. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I just don't think there's a huge amount more to say about it, is there? I mean, I, I feel like I'm being slightly disrespectful to Megan Anderson, and if she wins, it'll be so crazy. But I'm just. I just can't see anyone beating Nunes. My my biggest regret is not seeing Nunes Cyborg again. Like, because I think Cyborg went into the original fight there thinking that the extra weight she had would put Nunes away or Nunes wouldn't really hit her too hard. She got clipped, got angry, was rushing in. And I think oh, that, that's, that's the fight everyone wants to see. It's such a shame that she's gone to Bellator because Nunes versus Cyborg 2 is the only fight where I'd really get super excited and go, I don't know necessarily who's going to win this one. I mean, you would yeah. put money maybe on Nunes because she's won the first one, but I think that's more of a coin flip than any other fight they can possibly make in the featherweight division. I'd, I'd argue it's the only fight that would want me to keep Amanda from retirement. Yeah. Because I love Amanda. I think she's amazing, but there's no challenges. And again, as a sports fan rather than as someone in a coliseum, I don't just, just w- want to watch s- sacrificial lambs like yeah. being thrown into to the lion. Um, the lioness. She's ridiculously good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and she's, she's just... She's such a wonderful human. Like It's mad that the UFC haven't n- 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 nailed the market anymore as a, yeah. as a dominant champ who's part of the LGBTQ plus community um she's gonna be a, a mum now as well isn't she yeah or oh, she is a mum now yeah, yeah. ufc fighters yeah, yeah. All, all of these amazing. amazing things that could really turn around the perception of the sport as being blokes big fat blokes yeah lumping each other in the head she could do so much and they haven't used her so i want her to get another big payday and then go and just live a amazingly happy life with her her missus and her kid well said. Who's next on the bill? 
Next on the bill, this is so the one I'm actually inside. most excited about. Yes, <laughs> yes. Bantamweight, I think, is my favourite division at the moment. Yeah. I fucking love the Bantamweights. <laughs> they are amazing. Um, Jan versus Sterling. I, this is the one where I think I'm not... I, I'm not confident in my own pick right now. I'm not sure. Right. I've been chopping and changing my yeah, mind back I've, and forth. I'm the same. I've no idea. I, I, I was thinking Sterling for a long, long time. And now I think I'm leaning Yarn. But it's so close. I just think Yarn's so good with his striking. I think he can be so powerful. You touched I, upon I, footwork earlier. Y- yeah. Y- Yarn's footwork is as good as anyone I've ever seen. As good, oh. as, 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 good as Holloway. As good as... Any of these, you know, people with amazing footwork, his movement around the cage and his his control of of, of where the the fight takes place is amazing. But I'm similar. I love our Jermaine Sterling. I was yeah gutted when he briefly got derailed because I think he's was so, so underrated for so long. And another one yeah. again, he's got an amazing look. He's a good talker. He was yeah winning fight after fight after fight. Yet he didn't seem to be getting a push as such so yeah I, the the way he looked in his last fight or two and just dominating people and again like dominating Corey Sandhagen who has I mean, since that has aged well hasn't it that was that wasn't as easy a win as it looked again, again no. all the all the heads at the time knew that because that was a really hyped yeah. fight and then it looked like a really easy win but you know that's yeah I think it's amazing and I think there's yeah, I'm 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 the same as you, Blake. I can't. It's yeah. such a tough one to call. I th- Peter Yarn, as soon as he started to come into it, I was like, he's going to be a champ for a long, long time. Um, so it feels weird to go against that. But Aljo is he's he's done that thing that Nate Diaz did, where he goes away for a bit and then comes back looking infinitely better than the yeah. the guy we saw before. And then there's another gap, and he comes back again. Huge jump in in his ability. Rose did that. Rose Namajunas did oh, that. Exactly that, where she looked good. Then every time she'd have six months of training, she'd come back looking way more than six months better. And that's a, a great one, actually. They've just announced her her title shot um, in March, is it? Or, or April, as that's good. But yeah, yeah, it's a tough call. Because, I mean, also, we get to have... Um, Sarah Longo in the corner, which is always yes. a treat just to hear them, particularly so remote crowd, just to hear them shouting away um, the best corner in the game to, 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 to do corner cam or cut to the coaches or whatever else. But yeah, a lot to look forward to. Just looking at some of the scalps that, 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 that Jan has obviously just ripped and it was obviously Jose... Um, before that, obviously, I mean, was that the end of Faber? I, I hope it was, but um, obviously, there's there's rumours of you know potential match up with TJ uh, when he returns. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, gents. Uh, I think that's a bad idea for Faber, but you know, a great idea for TJ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be completely honest, it'll make I love loads of like... money. It'd be a fairly easy win. I'm like, protect Faber. I love Faber. Poor Faber. You're like, nah, go on, TJ. <laughs> Throw him to the wolves. Oh, it's been an ongoing thing for uh, me and you, hasn't it, Pip? I love Faber, and you've never been a fan, have you? I've never liked him, no. I think he's a little idiot. Oh, oh no. come on. 
honestly, can, Blake, are you team Blake as well, Can we kick him mate? out the chat? Like, can we kick him out the chat? Let's do um, it. The California like kid. His lovely little like chin and his boot-cut jeans. Yeah. Don't dig him out. His <laughs> lovely flop first... skater boy hair. I think it was the That's first time That's who Avril Lavigne was singing about. Fighter. Exactly. I think it was the first time he did Ultimate Fighter or something. Or maybe it was just, just one of those early kind of build-up ones of showing him at home. And it's like, oh, you're a little rich kid. And you're like this. It's like so much money. His parents like bought a house for him and all the fighters to train in and live in and all this kind of thing. And it's like, oh, that's not his fault. Dealing with this kid, <laughs> I just can't enjoy him. And and again, the fact that he had title shot after title shot after title shot. There was a long time that this division was Dom Cruz, Jose Aldo, and, and Uriah Faber, and that was it. There was no one else. It was just keep recycling that. But anyway. Let's move on. Right. So who's your actual... You, we've got to get our actual pick in, Stu, just before. So Jan or Sterling, who are you going for? Uh, I'm going to go for Jan. Uh, I, see, I, my, my feeling is if it's ever a really close call and there's a Russian involved, go with the Russian. You're copying so, uh, me now. <laughs> so our post-fight show is going to well. be rubbish. <laughs> it's going to be just going, we were both right. <laughs> yeah, great. Moving on, we. <laughs> Cool. All right, so where are you the, going, uh, Pip? Who are you pulling? Who are you pulling for? I'll go. I'll go Sterling then, right? Uh, just to keep it interesting, because yeah, excellent. I think I think he'd look great with a belt round his waist. I've got a bit of a crush on Sterling, if I'm completely honest. I think he's <laughs> gorgeous and also very good at fighting. You got to love that chain. Yeah, love that big so old good. gold chain. What's next on the card? Next on the card, I believe, is Makachev versus Doba. Nice. Nice. Um, Stu, do you want to go first on this one? Um, I really uh, have enjoyed... Uh, what was Doba's last fight? Let me pull it up. Um, who did he fight in his last fight? Oh, while you're looking for it, you both know the classic Doba story, right? I don't his, know that I do. His, I think it was on his UFC debut. He beat. He, he won, and then he went to the after party and, and hit it off with the guy he'd just beaten's sister, and, then, <laughs> and they're now married. No! That's yeah. amazing! I can't remember who it was. Oh I can't remember who it was. God. But yeah, he married the sister of the guy he's just <laughs> smashed in the UFC ring. It was great. I mean, how do you start that conversation? Oh, hey. my God. I'm, uh, I'm a guy that just <laughs> really hurt your brother. Um, Maybe he bullied her when they were kids. Maybe <laughs> 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 she was like, fucking God, justice. High five at last. <laughs> All those wedgies. <laughs> oh dear. Right, where we what was he got? Let's have a little look at um so uh uh he uh oh hang on, so what was the result of that then? Uh the Hernandez Doba. There's no there's no stats. Did he must I presume he's obviously won that to get on, on the card here. Previous to that, uh he beat um oh, I'm gonna pronounce this wrong, Hack Parast. Uh, and yep. then previous to that, beat Reyes. Um, and I'm just trying to think. Oh, uh, he lost. Oh, yeah, he lost, obviously, previous to that to uh, Darius, who's obviously just beasting it at the moment. Well, I think I, I think the obvious way to go is Makachev. They are yeah. massively high on him at AKA. Daniel Cormier, Khabib Nurmagomedov, they all think he's the next big thing at lightweight 
And, uh, yeah, I think he's only got one loss. And I think it was quite a quick knockout. And I don't remember watching it, but I just, whenever I see a really quick knockout on someone that's probably like now 17 and one or something along those lines, you're always thinking to yourself, well, that, that happens. Four ounce gloves, quick knockouts yeah. can happen. And I think Dober is more a fighter that, I think he's been beat enough times that there's an obvious path to victory for people there. And Makachev, unless you get a really good strike in early, there isn't necessarily a path to, path to victory. And they wanted him against RDA a while back as well, and that fight fell out. And I think yeah. the UFC really wants to push him, probably partly because they think he is going to be very good, and partly because they're just doing anything to appeal to Khabib to get him back. <laughs> this is your boy, let's put him in. Yeah, go on, he's loads of fight. Yeah, yeah he's gone, yeah. His um, loss, his loss was in 2015, gents, um, against uh, Martins, and it was first round KO uh, just after the one minute mark. And so that's six thing, years ago, you know. The thing with Dober is he's lost mainly decisions and submissions, and the thing with Makachev is he's won mainly decisions and submissions. <laughs> so it's just the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. Like, match up there he's got so many submissions and so many just wrestle them and beat them up that it feels like yeah his his route to winning is kind of set out there with Dober so is it fair to say everyone's going for Makachev then I think so yeah I think so yeah this post-fight show is getting so boring. <laughs> <laughs> no one's deviating. Uh, right, what would be next. perfect is if, is if we've, we've got them all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Podcast is over. There's no point in listening to us, dickheads. <laughs> no, the listenership would skyrocket. People go, whatever these dickheads say, we're putting money on the opposite. <laughs> and that's it. The listenership would go through the roof. <laughs> against him. I mean, next on the card, Thiago Santos. I mean, that is a specimen of a man, right? You would not want that looking at you. I mean, they're they're, they're both fit-looking men. Uh, Rakic is is a beast as well, I think. Um, My main thing with this one is I think, is Santos the same guy after the John Jones fight? Because he really messed up both legs. Didn't he have all sorts of knee injuries after that fight, like on both legs? Yeah. And then everyone was. And, and in that fight, you, there's people can make arguments that he beat John Jones in that fight. Um, Completely. I, I, I just think those injuries, he comes back and he fights Glover. And look, I know Glover's on a four fight win streak, and Glover definitely deserves a title shot at light heavyweight. But I don't think Glover Teixeira is like. He shouldn't be, in my humble opinion, in the top five. And I think it's... Santos getting beat by him in the last fight makes me think that by by the way of MMA maths, Rakic is going to beat Santos there. But what you've got to look at a little bit is Santos smashed up Glover in 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 the start of that. He 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 looked dom- He looked like the beast. He looked like someone yeah. who was wanting to come out and make a a statement. But Glover is just such a tough old bastard that, again, it's what's exciting about this recent run of Glover is there's been numerous times that you think it's probably time for him him to retire. He's taken a lot of damage. He's old. And then every fight, he goes out there and takes a lot of damage and then just goes, oh, I've got you, and catches him with his heavy hands or with a submission or whatever else. So Santos's scalps are ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Like, I mean, I, I thought he 
he, he, uh, he, he, he beat Jones personally. Um, prior to that, obviously, uh, he beat the current champ. Um, and he, before that, uh, beat uh, Jimmy Manua. Then he beat uh, Anders. Uh, before that, Holland. Uh, he beat Branch. He beat um, Smith. I mean, there's some serious names there that he's beaten. Hermanson. Like, he's no joke. Yep. Yep, I agree. But 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 Neva's racket and the fact that Rackett's only loss was again it was one that I thought he won against against Uzdemir. Um and he's again he's not got as good a, a a rundown, but Anthony Smith was in title contention and totally. had, yep. had a good go. Um as I said, Uzdemir was a close one Manua, but Rakic is another one who's got he's got that flair. He's got some spinning back fist wins and some fucking wheel kick wins and that kind of thing, which you don't get so much in these bigger guys. Normally, the bigger guys, it's I'm going to throw hands and that's it. So, yeah, I definitely think he, I, I think this could end up really like um, Aljo Sanhagen that one can make the other look easy. Like it, it, it's going to, yeah. it's one that we might not. Be, be, the, the casual fan might not be able to appreciate how good a matchup this is because either of them could come in there and just swarm the other and get the win. Um, I think they've both got that power and athleticism and, and technique. Yeah. I mean, I like all that, but who are you picking? I'm going Rakic. Pip? I'm going R- R- Rakic as well. I'd imagine Santos is the favourite for some reason. I don't know what the numbers are, but I just feel I feel Rakic has got that calmness, yeah. I'm going to go Santos on this one. Oh, finally. Finally. <laughs> this, this fight is the one I'm going to watch most intently now. So I'm like, who's going to win? Me or Stu? We're, we're not going to go right the way through the card uh, of the prelims, but it's impossible not to look uh, uh, the, 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 the headline. <laughs> Dominic Cruz, right? Yeah. Come on. What are you saying? He's a... He's a, he's a a, a, a legend. Um, I've got love hate with him on commentary. He's oh, really? One. The more I, I love him. him. I love him. I think he's great, but I think he exposes himself to be a little bit of a bell end. Like again, a, a well earned bell end. But there's so often that he's really talking down and being quite harsh and cutting. And it's like it's because you're amazing. I get that. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoy him on commentary. But I also often think, oh man, this guy's probably not that nice. Um, but yeah, he's a monster in there, isn't he? He, I loved, I loved his his win over TJ because it felt like he invented or he did something naturally that TJ then spent yeah. years learning, and then you got in there and it's like, no, you can't learn erraticness and these crazy angles and this insane everything he does, and yeah, and I think he's so. A lot of fun. Uh, just pulling up the the, the, the card. What, what are you saying on this one, Blake? Well, I mean, I worry that I'm going heart overhead because I, I love Dominic Cruz. I actually really like him on commentary as well. Funny thing that I heard the other day was that I think in Kenny's first fight in the UFC, Dominic Cruz maybe did something you're talking about, Pip, where he was basically slagging off Kenny's wrestling, calling it really yeah. sloppy. And apparently Kenny kind of went away and took that as constructive criticism and has gone and improved. So that's in a weird way, uh, you know, Cruz potentially has really helped Kenny to get better and be a bigger threat to him. Um, 
But I think um, the main thing I worry about with Cruz, and I know he doesn't believe in it, but it's the ring rust. It's the inactivity. And he doesn't believe in it at all. I know does he, he doesn't. Won't I, have it. But I just, I'm not sure. I mean, Kenny's been very active. I think he had four fights last year. The mm. only loss I can see on his record, I think, is uh, Divashvili, who yep. I think is pretty good. Uh, very just good, yeah. to, to slightly sidetrack, did you see Divashvili fighting the ice? No, I didn't see this. this so this is amazing. <laughs> so it's so, complete sidetracking now. Um, Divashvili is gone. I think he actually lives in, in America. I don't know if it's like Chicago or Jersey or somewhere. I'm not sure. But, um, but it's like this f- kind of frozen lake. But he clearly doesn't realise how frozen it is. And he set up his own camera to dive into this lake. And he's just dove at head first and smacked on top of the ice, <laughs> cut his own head open. What a moron. Then the next thing in his like, Instagram story is him walking like, with his shirt wrapped around his head and blood all pouring down his face. He goes to the hospital and gets it all stitched up. But then the bit I truly love is he's gone back to the ice in headgear and boxing gloves, climbed on this branch that's overlooking the ice, and has then bent down and like, is punching the ice for like a rematch and smashing all the ice up. It was so funny and it made me absolutely fall in love with him. So I love Dimashvili. Um, yeah. But, uh, but Yeah, absolute legend. But um, going back to the Kenny Cruz fight, I really worry about the inactivity of Cruz and how active Kenny's been. However, I think Cruz is still a better fighter. And I might be going a bit heart, more heart than head here, but I, I really want Cruz to win. So I'm, I'm going to go for Cruz. Without looking, I don't know if you have looked recently, do you know when Cruz's last win was? Oh, no. Obviously, he lost to Cejudo. Before that, he would have... Did he lose Cody? to Garbrandt in the fight before that? Yeah, I bet oh, that was a long God. time ago now. It was so, his last. Was his last win the TJ fight? Then no, he had Faber after TJ because Faber always gets title shots, as we've as of we've course. discussed. Um, so 2016. Oh, that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> and over Uriah oh. Faber, who again, even even though I, you know, I, I'm having a laugh, but Faber is obviously a legend. But even at that point, he wasn't quite the fighter he was in his WEC days. So no. But that I was, mean, his last win was a decision over over Faber in 2016. That's fair enough. But I could say I think that I've not seen enough from Kenny to make me go that he's better than Cody Garbrandt, who obviously beat Cruz in what I think is Garbrandt's best performance ever. Mm. I mean, the way he was frigging matador in him was unbelievable. And um, then uh, also, who was and then obviously Cejudo. I haven't seen it. I, I don't think Kenny's near Cejudo either. So no. I still don't... I, it's, I don't think that the fact that he hasn't won in four years is the big factor. It's the fact that he's barely fought in four years that's the big factor. Whereas Kenny fought four times last yeah. year. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. And just last beat, year alone. You know, and just beat um, the prospect, just beat Nathaniel, um, yeah. who, yeah. you know, was, was looking unbeatable for a long time, you know. So I think it's going to be, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Kenny. Oh. I just think, I just think the ring rust and I, I just think maybe age a little bit as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Kenny. I think if he loses to Kenny, Cruz is probably retired, right? 
because he's got his life set up afterwards as well. He's going to be doing the commentary and everything, and he's only really interested in being a champion. If he loses to Kenny, I I think he retires. Unless Faber comes back, beats TJ, then big money fight. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and sign me up for it. I'd love it. Genuinely, if for any reason the champion vacates his belt, you know Dana will go, it's going to have to be Faber v. Cruz for the belt then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... um. We touched upon, uh, but let, let, let's just have a little look ahead before we start to wrap things up. Um, I mean, they've announced that, that, that Rosie's fighting, right, for the, for the title. That's huge, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I, I just think Rosie's such a good fighter and such a good spokesperson for the sport. Again, s- similar as with, as with Amanda. I think she's just, she's a good person and... And that's that's quite special in in this sport. So yeah, oh, she, I think I, that's I, fantastic. Yeah. I, 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 does anyone not like Thug Rose? I mean, she's the oh. best, right? She's so just she's just superstar, right? The, she's the, great. The best performance I've ever seen from a female MMA fighter was her in her, her loss to Jessica Andrade. But bizarrely, I thought she that, that, yeah that first round was the most complete. A fighter I've ever seen from footwork to absolutely everything, and most of the second round too, until she got slammed unconscious, which was just yeah. a freak thing. But I thought she, in that fight, after after beating jo- Joanna twice, yeah, you know the, the undefeatable. Clearly, many uh, fought the best woman uh, for years to come. Like, beat her twice, and yeah, that's it. Dominant. I mean, you, we were saying, you know, what we were saying about Nunes, like. You know, being who's ever going to beat Nunes, but we were saying this about Joanna. You know, to a degree, yeah. we were saying this about Ronda. You know, there's always going to be an underdog that's just going to seize like the Ronda's moment. Ronda's the right? ultimate on that. Yeah, yeah. Ronda more than anyone. People were mm. saying she, she's never going to lose. So yeah, I completely agree. It is it's always an interesting one. But yeah, I think a a, a Yang as well has looked fantastic. So mm. yeah, excited for that. For and. That and before we uh, we get to the, uh, the, the the final questions we got for you uh, today, Pip, um, just uh, looking ahead, uh, we just got to shout out our uh, our, uh, our UK fighter Edwards. What are we saying? Oh, I, I, he's, got, I, he's got nothing to win in that fight, has he? Really yeah. hasn't. Really hasn't. After it's all this waiting, talk of maybe getting a title shot, of getting all these different big name people, and then he's fighting someone who is really very good and has been, again, you talk about ring rust, Blake, has been active and recently looked fantastic. I think that's a really tough fight with very little b- benefit. If you and win. Edward's last fight was, what, July of 2019? Yeah. I think it yeah. was. Was that the Gunnar Nelson fight as well? Yeah, it's got, it's it's, got to be right. Oh, that just makes me think, you're... you're he had the most unlucky 2020 in terms of MMA. Definitely. I think it was, you know, because he was about to fight Woodley. And let's be honest, Woodley since the Usman fight has been terrible. I mean, there was that, I mean, it's not very nice, but there was that meme going around or whatever that since Woodley released the single, I'll beat that ass. He hasn't beaten a single ass. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's lost every single round. Lost um, every round. And I mean, so, I would argue that Woodley... I've I've said this for years. I would argue he's always been that average. 
Um, I think I don't know about that. He no. Uh, the, 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 the the reason I say this, I remember it when he was in Strike Force, and I was all excited, and then he lost the belt to Marquardt. And Woodley, f- for me, has got between two and four big overhand rights per round. And if one of them lands, he looks like the best fighter in the world because they're so powerful and so dominant. If they d- they don't, he always looks that that, that inactive. The, the Wonder Boy fights were that kind of waiting and waiting to try and land this, this <clears throat> huge punch. And I think, not that he's always been that bad. I don't mean it in that, but he's always been that that hit and miss, I, I guess. If it lands, it's, it's next level. If it, it doesn't, it's, it feels ridiculous comparing an athlete I like Woodley to Roy Nelson, but it has that, that Roy Nelson feel of if Roy Nelson catches you with, with one of those overhands, it's over. If not, you've got a decision that he loses. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And yeah, uh, see, I've, anyway, I've always quite enjoyed necessary hating on Woodley for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to come back at that with just saying I think Woodley's game planning was always great because he fought a lot of specialists, fought Wonder Boy twice, he's fought Damian Meyer, and I think these are really hard guys to prepare for. And Woodley himself, yeah. I mean, it's not the modest, most modest thing in the world to say, but he set the blueprint for beating a lot of these guys, and other people have then followed up on it. Um, I just think. Edwards would have destroyed Woodley even more so than Gilbert Burns did if they'd have fought in March. And then Edwards is immediately in for a title shot, immediately with uh, Usman, and and that's it. And instead, the fight gets taken from him. It goes to to Gilbert Burns, who then gets his title shot. Now Usman's calling out Masvidal, which makes sense for the money, but no, I don't think any real MMA fan is interested in seeing that fight again. It's going to be a repeat. Um, he put up a great Instagram thing the other day, Usman, of shadow boxing and then shadow foot stomping, which I loved. I was a big fan of that. (laughs) You see, I'm all right with that fight purely because of, he's a similar, he's another one where he's cleared out the division a bit. So anyone he fights probably needs to get a win or two to get to him. So why not have a money fight, which is Masvidal, which again, I think you're exactly right. It'll be exactly the same, but... They can make the argument of he didn't have a full camp. It was a last-minute replacement last time, blah, 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 blah. So I'm not as mad on that fight as a lot of people are. I, I see it as a – particularly as they're looking at doing it as the ultimate f- on, on, on tough. Yeah. So, again, I think that'll be entertaining. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. the last questions uh, we need to ask you, Pip. I mean, we, we, we started off this chat talking about Adesanya, who arguably – has some of the most impressive ring walks ever. Yes. Um, and so we like to ask all guests, um, Pip, what would be your fight name and what tune would you make your ring walk to? Right, I'm going to th- think on the fight name because I've still not really got anything that that, that jumps out to me. Um, or maybe I'd pick just any word that I stutter on like I did then just so I've got a really amusingly this is my big proud name and I can't say it um, 
But walkout song, I've got a lot of thoughts on this because I think about it a lot, right? The, the obvious <laughs> Like it's going to happen. <laughs> mate, just, just wait. Hey, he's rolled at 10th planet, I'll have you know. I've not How reached dare you, yet. Stu? How dare you, Stu? Um, so uh, the obvious choice is break stuff by Limp Bizkit, obviously. <laughs> right. Obviously, why wouldn't I walk out to that? Of but course. I'd want to have that as my kind of, my standard one, but I don't think people do enough specific ones for the opponent. Very good, So, yeah. like, if I was against John Jones, me and Mrs. Jones would obviously be my walkout <laughs> song. <laughs> Just absolutely destroy them. Or in the era that, that Frankie Edgar rematched every fight he lost, like, he'd always get a rematch, he'd fight everyone two or three times. F- Frankie, do you remember me? Um, and... and <laughs> And, and just try and get a bit more bespoke and specific to wind up your opponent. I love that. Well Imagine loved. John Jones stood there as it's going, me and Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on. That would be the ultimate trolling. That would be brilliant. <laughs> so good. Get in his head. Oh, brilliant. Um, Pip, thank you so much for being our first guest. It's been a pleasure, and I'm excited to become a regular listener as well. Oh, thanks, oh, man. Thanks very much, man. And, and so what have you got coming up? What's happening in the world of Pip? Um, I've got a, t- a TV show that launches... When this comes out, it's probably already out. As we record it, it starts tomorrow on NBC. It's called Debris. We've not got UK release date yet, but, um, yeah, excited about that. So we're finishing off the filming of that. It's American, so they start airing it before we've even finished making it, which terrifies me. Because I'm like, well, what if we mess it up? <laughs> They're going to be like, there's not one on this week. There's, they've, they've been really busy. They ain't got round to it. But um, yeah, so that's exciting. And yeah, just more, obviously, podcasts constantly over on the Distraction Pieces Network. Wonderful. And um, where's the best place for people to find out about everything you're up to? On all the... All the, all the no, on Twitter and Instagram. I've recently... Stopped being on Facebook because it's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll tag you in everything when this comes out, Pip. And yeah, just thanks loads, mate. It's been it's been a Thank blast. You. Cheers, Pip. Joy. Well, I thought that went well. Yeah, I like. That. I mean, I've got no experience of anything else, so uh, it, it went well. But I mean, it could have been shit. I don't know. Well, I guess I've never done these before. I guess we'll find out when uh, when when people start reviewing it. So uh, go and yeah. go and give us some. <laughs> can everyone just go and give us some nice reviews on, uh, on on whatever platform you listen to this on? Just give us some nice ones and and subscribe while you're there because that always helps. And uh, and yeah, and if there's enough nice ones, then uh, if anyone's all haters are going to hate, and if they do, then they'll get lost in it. They'll get lost in it. Um, um, I mean, yeah, it was a delight, right? Is- Oh, Pip was was so nice. He really seems to know about his MMA stuff. Oh, I really wanted to know more about who was in the gym when uh, he was talking about rolling at like 10th Planet and Eddie Bravo and all of that. That must have been amazing. Um, I completely know where he's coming from with Joe Rogan, though. I was like, if I was ever able to go on Joe Rogan, all I'd want to do is talk to him about MMA. And all he'd want to do is not talk to me about MMA. (laughs) (laughs) So so I completely understand where Pitt was coming from with that. Um, And how nice is Emily Head? Oh, mate, smashing. Absolutely smashing. 
She's so lovely. Yeah, she's just she's just one of the best people. She's really nice. Well, we, we've also got some some great guests in the bag. We won't announce them yet because we've not recorded them. But we've got well, we've got one legend uh, of, of British MMA uh, retired now, um, and we've got one of the most exciting prospects in British MMA. Both have agreed to uh, to come on and chat, and we've got some other famous faces that are going to come and do fight or flight so you're in for a treat so that is every reason why you need to subscribe and well i guess that's kind of it right that's it i mean the other thing that we could always do is uh send us any twitter questions or anything like that if you want we might be able to get those on the show give you a little shout out maybe or something um uh, anything mma based only nice ones guys we know we're bellens. We know we don't know what we're talking about already. So you don't have to send us that. We already know. But if you've got anything more interesting for us to discuss or answer or even talk about whatever, then send it our way. We, and we'd love to give you a little shout out and, and answer questions and talk about some of the, the points you want to raise. Definitely. Tweet and Insta in your fight names and your fight ring walk songs. We're really interested in them as well. Oh, that'd be great. And we never did ours. No. Next week we'll do ours. Tune in next week and we'll give you ours. Right, and we'll see you next time uh, at the uh, at the post-fight show, right? Where uh, we'll both yes. be uh, patting each other on the back because we picked the same fighters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it all just rests on Cruz Kenny and uh, Rakic Santos. That's it. Then you know who's won. But that's just it. I mean, oh, but I mean, how good is it going to be? The cards are going to be so good. Can't wait, and, man. Uh, oh, can't, can't wait. wait. It's going to be right. excellent. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.